Kansas anymore. Are you ready? No, I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and move the entire site from Hello and welcome back to the BBFC podcast. I'm Joe and in the previous podcast I spoke to one of our compliance officers, Johnny, about the classification history of the 15 certificate. This is the last in our series of podcasts looking at the classification categories in light of the release of our new branded symbols. And as it's the last in the series, it's time that we step up a level and look at the 18 category. Now, as we're looking at some of the higher end stuff, it's only fitting that we have with us our compliance manager, Sarah. Hello. And also our head of compliance, Craig. Hi. Well, thanks for coming down to talk about this. Now, of course, the ASIN category hasn't been around forever, and uh, viewers may remember the X category from way back in the day, and perhaps even the H category from even further back. So, Craig, can you sort of tell us how these categories came about and how we ended up with the ASIN category? Yeah, well, um, it's quite interesting. At the beginning of the BBFC's history, we had two classification categories, as people will probably know from earlier podcasts in this series. There was the U, which meant anyone could watch it, and the A, which meant that people under 16 had to be accompanied to the cinema. But in the early days of the BBFC, there was no category that explicitly excluded children altogether. Um, during the 1920s, local authorities increasingly became concerned about the fact there wasn't a classification that would keep children out of the cinema altogether. And at various times, there were proposals to introduce an adults-only category, also with a lot of discussion about what that should mean. Should it mean 16? Should it mean 18? Um, as far back as 1921, the London County Council was suggesting that there should be an NC certificate, meaning no children or not for children. But it took quite a lot of time to get to a position where there was a certificate that would exclude children from a film. I think that was partly um, because cinema owners were worried about uh, the effect that it would have on box office in terms of excluding children altogether, given how important children and families were to cinema attendance. Uh, but eventually things came to a head in the early 30s with the universal horror films, and in particular Frankenstein, the James Whale film from 1931, which some people, including the NSPCC, um, the National Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Children, who, who felt that the film might be too frightening and disturbing for children, especially that sequence everyone remembers where, where, where the monster strangles a child and she's left floating on a lake or a river. Um, the NSPCC at the time proposed to the Home Office that perhaps there should be a certificate that stopped children uh, getting into particularly frightening films. And in response to that, the BBFC created the first completely age-restricted certificate, which was called H for Horrific, which sounds quite funny nowadays. It was a certificate that was intended to exclude children. The board's advice was that this was a film that we did not feel should be shown when children were present. However, its application was left ultimately to local authorities. Um, the certificate was never entirely successful, partly because it only applied to horror films, so you could still get dramas, uh, for example, that might be disturbing to children 
that were being passed at the A category, which allowed them to go in accompanied by an adult. Um, but it was also only partially successful because some local authorities wouldn't permit H films to be shown. Some local authorities allowed accompanied children to go into H films. So the practical application of the H certificate was always slightly patchy. But it was it was a first step in the direction of recognising that there there were some films that are suitable for adults to view, but that may be too frightening for children. I suppose it's worth just saying, and we may have mentioned this on previous podcasts, that ultimately it is the local authorities that have ultimate say-so over what's screened in their area, hence the sort of patchy application of the rating. Yeah, exactly. Um, the H ultimately was just advice from the BBFC that we felt it wasn't suitable for children, but it was up to local authorities to enforce. And in fact, even before the introduction of the H, um, local authorities occasionally during the 1920s had made independent decisions that films rated A by the BBFC should not uh, permit accompanied children. Um, so it's, it's, it's always been the case that the application of the certificates is very much down to local authorities. So as I understand it, the H certificate was actually withdrawn between 1942 and 1945 during the war. And what was um, happening with that? Well, the board took a more cautious approach towards censorship and classification during the war. And we were actually joined by colleagues from the Ministry of Defence to ensure that nothing was classified that might be injurious to the war effort. But there was also a feeling, particularly between 1942 and 1945, that given the horrors that were occurring during the war, that passing horrific films in the H category might also have a demoralising effect. And so a decision was taken that we would stop issuing H certificates during the latter stages of the war. Um, that did mean that when the war ended in 1945 and the H certificate was brought back into use, there was a backlog of three years of H-level films. Uh, obviously, the, the, the BBFC and local authorities were concerned about a sudden glut of H-films appearing in the cinema. So there was an agreement be between the BBFC and the film industry that the backlog of H-films would be released one a month from 1945 <laughs> onwards, so you know they they were sort of rationed out in a in, in the same way as uh, as the same way as uh, food rationing. I mean, it's it's, it's it's an unusual thought, isn't it, to uh, be limited to one horror film a month? Exactly. I mean, you can't quite yeah. imagine it happening this day and age. No. It's uh, like sign of the times, I guess. Yeah. So moving on from from uh, World War Two, I mean, we end up with an X certificate and then ultimately an 18. So how did that come around? Yes. Yeah, so after the Second World War, there was an increasing feeling both at the BBFC and amongst local authorities that the H certificate, partly because it was being applied in a patchy way and partly because it was being applied only to horror films, really, was inadequate. And there were more films now, drama films, that, that were more suitable for adults. So after the recommendations of a commission that looked into the whole issue of film classification and censorship um, in the late 40s, it was recommended that a new category be introduced for all films um, and that would apply to all genres of films that were more suitable for adults. Um, finally, after a lot of discussions with uh, the film industry and with local authorities, the X, which meant at the time no admission to persons under 16 rather than 18, was introduced. Um, initially, the uptake of the X was uh, slow, 
That was partly because the two major cinema chains at the time were sceptical about the X because, again, they were worried that it would cut down cinema going, it would have implications on box office. However, other independent cinemas were more likely to take the X films because it would be something unusual and a talking point. And as it gradually became proven through the independent cinemas that there was a market for adults-only cinema, gradually resistance amongst the cinema chains lessened uh, and, and, and the X gradually took off. There was, a, there was an increasing feeling, I think, during the 1950s and perhaps during the 1960s, especially as films became more explicit um, from Europe particularly, but also from America once the MPAA changed their rating system in 1968, um, that the 16 level was too low and that perhaps too many films were being cut for X. The original intention of X had been that fewer films would require cuts. That turned out not to be the case as the 60s went on. And so in 1970, again, after a lot of discussion, a decision was taken to raise the age restriction for X films from 16 to 18. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because 18 is so well understood and it's part of sort of cinema going experience, and mm. was that sort of concern back in the day. But mm-hmm. I mean, it sort of makes sense when you when you think about it. Yeah, I think the I think the one the one big problem with the X classification, which the board came to realise fairly quickly, and that that's what led eventually to changing the X to 18, was the usefulness of the X in marketing and advertising, you know, especially in more exploitation kind of context, that the placing of an X on the poster and on the front of the film became associated with, you know, this idea that you're going to see something, you know, a bit racy. And I think that led to a tarnishing of the X, that way that it could be perhaps misused in advertising, um, that led to the decision eventually in 1982 to, to change the X category uh, to the more the more prosaic and self-explanatory 18. Sure, because X-rated does have a slightly exactly. different connotation yeah. to 18 rated. Yeah. So, Sarah, a question we sometimes get uh, from people who write into us is, what do you actually have to do to get an 18 in film now? Um, so what do you have to do to get an 18 <laughs> in film now? Well, it really depends on what the classification issue is. I mean, the 18, obviously, is our category for adults. So naturally, um, films that do get an 18 rating do contain stronger material. If, for example, we're talking about um, a film in which violence is the key classification issue, it would tend to be a more sadistic portrayal of violence, perhaps. Um, a scene of violence that contains really strong gory images. If we're talking about films which contain a lot of drug misuse, then the drug misuse would tend to be quite glamorised, quite promotional, um, and that would be something that would push it up to to 18. In terms of language, um, repeated uses of very strong language could potentially push a film up to 18, particularly if those uses of very strong language are aggravated, for example, if they are occurring in a violent context, or perhaps if they're used within a racist context or within a context that displays quite a clear power imbalance. So, for example, a male to female use of very strong language. 
So a recent film that did actually get an 18 was Quentin Tarantino's film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, at the time, we did have a few comments on Twitter from people saying that, well, the majority of the film is 15. There's only that one moment of violence in it. And they thought that was fine at 15 as well. So why did we ultimately give it an 18? We gave it an 18 for that scene you are referring to. So Mm -hmm. I do want to avoid spoilers here because not everyone may have seen it. Um, But in the film's climax, there is a key scene of violence which involves a lot of violence against women. The violence is quite gory, it's quite prolonged, and there's quite a sadistic focus on, on the actual impacts itself. The scene does have a comic element to it, um, but we didn't feel that the comedy mitigated the um, sadistic aspect of the violence. Listeners might have heard from previous podcasts where we've talked about violence, that comedy can often be a mitigating factor, but ultimately we felt the context of, of that scene in particular. We didn't feel that the dark comedy undercut the sadistic aspect of the violence as a whole. Um, certainly there is a moment involving a flamethrower that does arouse a few laughs in the cinema. But ultimately, our guidelines do say that violence which dwells on the infliction of pain and injury and violence that does contain the strongest gory images are unlikely to be acceptable at 15. And we did feel that this scene in the film did raise both of those two issues. Sure. I mean, I guess there's only so much comedy can really compensate for, if, if you know what I mean. Exactly. And um, we often cite that violence that occurs in real world contexts can be an aggravating factor. And even though there is a comic element to the violence as a whole, this is very much real world. It's quite a recognisable scenario. And we just felt ultimately it was best placed at 18. I think it's uh, probably worth saying that because the 18 category goes from the very top end of what we permit at 15 to the absolute limits of what's acceptable, it can be a fairly broad category. And you always get some films that are at the lower end of 15. Certainly once upon a time in Hollywood, a lot of the film would have been acceptable at 15. It's really those, just the amassing of strong violence in the climactic scenes that pushed it into the 18. Some people who were disappointed by the fact that we'd given the film an 18 um, did did ask oh are you just automatically giving it an 18 because it's a Quentin Tarantino film um, that's definitely not the case of course uh, Jackie Brown was a 15 but we, we have tended to find with um, a number of Tarantino films Django is an example of that also to an extent uh, Inglorious Bastards they tend to be fairly 15 level for the majority of their runtime but there are one or two pinnacles mm-hmm. of violence where there's a real sort of focus on infliction of uh, infliction of pain and injury that tip the films into the 18 category so it's, it's, it's often the case that Tarantino films are not not the strongest 18s but more often mm-hmm. than not they do have to some of those moments that really dwell on violence that push it into the 18. Mm. Sure. I mean, that's, that scene is quite shocking. And mm. when you do see it with audiences, I think that the impact does carry across into the audience reaction to that to that scene as well. Mm. I guess it would be quite unusual to have a film which was actually 18 level throughout without dipping down, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be quite an achievement. It would be think. a very strong 18. No, yeah. indeed. I mean, talking of strong 18s, and I'm not sure if this film actually qualifies because I've not seen it, but um, Ariaster's Midsummer uh, was recently classified 18 as well. Um, is that on a similar level to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or is that...? I would say uh, Midsummer's got quite uh, a few more issues in it than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, we did classify Midsummer 18 for strong, gory images. Again, I do want to avoid spoilers here, but there is a sequence in which there is very strong, gory injury detail um, in which you see people's heads 
caved in in quite close-up detail. Again, when I went to go see this at the cinema, it did arouse quite a few gasps, um, and it really is one that constitutes one of the strongest gory images. Um, and in our guidelines at 15, it said that very strong gory images are unlikely to be acceptable, and this, this very much took it to 18. There is also quite a strong scene of sex in the film, as well as quite a prolonged scene which details the aftermath of a suicide, all of which these issues cumulatively do lend the film quite an adult tone and sensibility, which reinforces the adult age rating. Yeah, but there's, there's also an awful lot of dancing, and, and that would have been okay at a lower classification. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It'd be interesting to see what 18-level dancing would look yeah. like, but, you know... Maybe we should talk about Suspiria for that. Oh, wait, yes, I've seen a little bit of that, actually. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, Midsommar... I think that's how you're meant to pronounce it, I'm not entirely sure, exists in two versions. There's the version that was initially released in cinemas everywhere, um, but there's also a longer director's cut. And going back to what we were saying earlier in the podcast about uh, local authority licensing, um, the director's cut of the film was shown at one cinema in London for about a week. And because it wasn't going on wide release, there was no real need for it to come through the BBFC for a classification. So that one week long series of screenings of the director's cut were classi- was classified by the local authority uh, rather than by the BBFC. But we have now seen the, uh, the, the longer director's cut and classified it for a DVD and Blu-ray release. So, so that will be coming out more widely soon. And it does feature more dancing. And it's still in 18. (laughs) So to take a slightly different tack now, a film that we're not sure we've mentioned on the podcast before is Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, not so much violence in this, but maybe some slightly different issues. Definitely different issues. Um, We did classify Fifty Shades of Grey 18 for strong sex, probably unsurprising to the listeners. Um, It's quite an interesting one in terms of classification because we'd say that this is probably a low-level 18. A lot of the material, a bit like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, could have been passed uh, at 15. Um, But because of the sort of BDSM context in which a lot of the sexual activities taking place this was felt to be best place at the adult level. We did actually show Fifty Shades of Grey to focus groups in our last guidelines consultation in order to find out whether they agreed with the 18 rating or perhaps maybe they felt that we were being a little harsh. And our findings was that they completely agreed with the 18 rating and they felt that um, portrayals of BDSM was best placed for adults only. I suppose the book itself is regarded as an adult book, isn't it? It's not, Definitely. It's not regarded as a teenage audience yeah. book. So I suppose there's an audience expectation for, for the property already before yeah. it becomes a film. And yeah. it's pre- it, you know, it is the theme of these films, um, yeah. and all three of the films in the series went to 18 for Strong Sex. I mean, one of the reasons we decided to show it to focus groups as part of our consultation was because it had received lower classifications in other countries. Mm. So I think in Australia it had been classified at the 15 level and in France... Uh, it had been classified 12. Um, so, we, you know, we thought we would we would check in and see whether whether people felt that the 18 restriction was appropriate or, or whether people would be taking a slightly more lenient view uh, of sex than we'd assumed. But it, as Sarah said, it, it, it did turn out that people felt that we had actually got it spot on at 18. Interesting. And finally, we've actually had a few requests for a specific film, which is Midnight Cowboy. Um, Chris has written in there saying, I think it was the first X-rated film to win the Best Picture category at the Academy Awards, and it's maintained its 18 rating in the 50 years that have followed, or up until its re-release this year. Um, so why is it still rated at 18? 
Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because you, you, you often find films that were passed X back in the 50s, in the 60s, perhaps even into the 70s that nowadays come down to a lower classification. So you can think of films like... I don't know, Alien, which is now a 15, that was originally an X. Apocalypse Now is now a 15, that was originally an X. But there are other films that have, have maintained the original uh, classification. Uh, Midnight Cowboy is an interesting case because it was actually passed X by us in 1969, which meant that it was originally a 16 rating. So the fact that it's an 18 now, in a sense, mm. means that the age classification for Midnight Cowboy has actually gone up. I think it's true to say that when we saw it recently for its cinema re-release, we were assuming that there was probably a strong case for it to go down to the 15 classification. But when we watched it again, there was a sequence of uh, sexual violence that we felt was more appropriately placed at 18, even, even all these years on. Obviously, our most recent guidelines consultation showed increased concern from people about scenes of sexual violence and a feeling that certain types of scenes of sexual violence are more appropriate at the 18 classification rather than the 15 classification. And in line with that, we felt that this sequence ticked some of those boxes and was probably still best left where it already was on video at 18. Um, the test we apply when we look at an old film is whether the classification that it has at the moment is reasonable and defensible under our current guidelines. And in this case, uh, it turned out that it was. I guess the other thing to say about Midnight Cowboy is people often say it was the first X-rated film to win the Best Picture category at the Academy Awards. That's true, and of course it was rated X in the UK, but it was also rated X in the US, and I think that's, uh, that's what people are normally talking about when they say it was, it was an X-rated film that won one best picture. Um, the MPAA, our American counterparts, revised their own rating system uh, in 1968, breaking uh, classification down into the R rating, which means that under-17s can see a film if accompanied, and an X rating, which has now become the NC-17 rating, which completely prohibits accompanied children in America. Um, I think in 1969, it was still possible to release a film like Midnight Cowboy with an X rating because it was relatively new, uh, but in somewhat in the same sense that the board had a problem with the X certificate being mis misunderstood and misused as a as a, an exploitative way to market a film. It only took a couple of years before um, there were problems with the X rating that the Americans issued uh, in terms of X becoming associated with certain types of content that uh, perhaps cinemas were less comfortable showing. So it was lucky for Midnight Cowboy that it was released when it was released because it's probably quite likely that, you know, two or three Three years later, they would have been thinking about how to cut the film for a lower rating. Cool. Well, thank you very much for guiding us through the adult level rating, Sarah and Craig. And thank you for listening as well. Now, if you do want to get in touch with us to ask us about a particular film you'd like us to discuss on the podcast or a particular issue, you can do that by emailing us at podcast at bbfc.co.uk. Alternatively, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at bbfc.